Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism. And on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and little sister, Sarah Matthews. Biology A-level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weekly topics or use us as your audio biology bible, whatever you need us for, we're here. We are indeed. Episode 44. You're... Oh, I've done that already. What? Your age. <laughs> yeah. It's getting older. That's, yeah. Like you. Shut up, you. <laughs> right. Meiosis. Meiosis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is... Who's that? It's not a person. Oh. It's a thing. So it's a type of cell division. We've already done one of those cell divisions that our body does, which is mitosis. And today we're going to cover the second type, which is meiosis. Now, there's an awful lot of information that is needed for full understanding of meiosis and how it creates genetic variation and all those different things. So we're going to split our meiosis topic area into two episodes. So today we've got just the process. So what happens during meiosis? Okay. The next episode is going to be how we produce the genetic variation. So how the cells at the end of meiosis are all genetically different. All the processes that take place to make sure that happens. And also a little bit about life cycles, because that's also important with meiosis as well. Okay. We're going to talk about today the production of daughter cells are genetically different from each other. Daughter cells? We're going to refer to them as daughter cells, yeah. Any son ones? And no, it only ever talks about parent cells and daughter cells in biology when it comes to cells division. And we're going to make sure that we know meiosis in enough detail to talk about the two divisions that result in four what we call haploid cells from a single what we call diploid cell. So we've done mitosis before. If you wanted to, you could listen to the mitosis episode on our feed just from the perspective of being able to compare the two processes because that is also something we'll be doing in our next episode, comparing meiosis and mitosis, which is something that you need to be able to do. But I wanted to get a full view of meiosis having covered both episodes before we do that do you remember anything about mitosis just before we move on no no it was about a cell that contained like a normal amount of chromosomes which for us was 46 chromosomes do you remember that so every single cell in our body has 46 chromosomes if it has a nucleus yeah as long as it's not a sex cell you'll remember the episode because it was twilight anaphase yeah Prophase. Interphase, where the DNA replicates. And then prophase, all the chromosomes become visible. They line up. up. They line up during metaphase. They're visible for a microscope. That's right. Yes. Um, Golden onion. (laughs) During metaphase, they line up along the equator. Anaphase, they're pulled apart. Don't need to explain. Got it. So, but at the end of mitosis, you've got genetically identical cells. Genetically identical to the parent cell that you started with. They're exactly the same. Because the whole point of mitosis is that you are making cells that you need to replace old or warm ones that have died or you're growing. Does that kind of make sense? Yes. Yeah? So you need genetically identical cells. We talked a bit about like the stomach lining having to be replaced every so many days and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, you need those cells to replace that. 
I just want to quickly talk about chromosome structure, just to remind us. So remember, chromosomes are long, thin strands, and they're single, one strand by itself. When it appears as the double structure, that's when the DNA replication has took place. So it can sometimes have like two arms. That's the replicated chromosome. When you think of a chromosome or something to do with science and you see chromosomes, always like that. Yeah, it's always like that, yeah. But that is actually replicated DNA. So for mitosis, that's okay because they're going to get pulled apart by the centromere and one's going to go in one cell and one's going to go in the other. So there's one in each. In meiosis, it's slightly different. The chromosome is the double structure, which is two sister chromatids, identical, and they are joined by a centromere. Do you remember the term homologous pair? Sounds like an old man. And a homologous pair are chromosomes that have genes in the same location. They're the same chromosome, but one is from mum and one is from dad. But all the genes all the way down are in the same place or in the same loci. So your hair colour gene might be on one chromosome in one place and it will be in exactly the same place on the chromosome from your other parent. They're not necessarily genetically identical because they're from two different people, but they are the same chromosome because they have the same genes in the same places. Okay. Okay? Right, meiosis. Second type of cell division that our body carries out. But in this case, we are trying to produce genetically different cells, which is obviously not what mitosis is about. We wanted the same cells in mitosis. We want genetically different cells in meiosis. And they also have to contain half the chromosome number. And the reason for that is because we are making sex cells in this process. We're making sperm or eggs or what are collectively known as what we call gametes. If you hear the word gamete, it means sex cell. The reason why we have to halve the chromosome number to go into sperm and egg is because, so say, our normal chromosome number is 46. So each sperm and egg contain... 23. 23. When a sperm fertilises an egg... If it comes together and makes 46. They come together and make 46. When you get that fusion of those gametes and you've got the two separate parents that are producing those gametes, you're restoring that 46 chromosomes that should be in a person or a human. We have to always produce the gametes with 23 or half the chromosome number so that we could always keep a constant chromosome number. Otherwise it could get out of hand and the chromosome number could just keep increasing and increasing and increasing all the time. We have to half the chromosome number every time we make a sex cell. I just want to refer to a couple more terms which I've already said or already mentioned, the words diploid and haploid. Diploid is the normal chromosome number. So haploid for us, is half. So for, and haploid is half the chromosome number. So diploid is for us 46, haploid for us is 23. And obviously in every species they have their own chromosome number and diploid and haploid numbers, okay? So shall we have a little look at the process? So we'll talk about the process of meiosis now. And there is a diagram that Sarah is looking at. If you want to look at the same diagram, go to teachmescience.co.uk. If not, just look at your own diagrams. There's no issue there. So the stephases are the same as mitosis. They're called the same things and they're roughly the same things happening. You will always know that if it's metaphase, there's some chromosomes are lining up. If it's anaphase, some chromosomes are being pulled apart. The only thing is that it all happens twice. So with meiosis, there are two, two divisions. So we're going to start with a normal standard diploid cell with 46 chromosomes in. 
the one in the diagram has how many? Two. So the one in the diagram has two. Imagine if it was 46. That would be quite complicated to show in a diagram, wouldn't it? Yeah. But that's what it would be for us. It would be 46 chromosomes instead of just two chromosomes. You're going to get the DNA replication taking place during interphase. So the single-strand chromosomes become double-structured chromosomes. And they're going to start to pair up with their homologous pair. So one from mum, one from dad. So the darker blue one might be from mum. The lighter blue one might be from dad. And they're going to start to pair up with each other. So interphase, you've got your, your standard cell. The, the DNA replication t- happens, so they become double structures joined by centromere. And in prophase, the same as mitosis here, they're going to shorten, they're going to thicken, they're going to become visible. But they're also going to pair up with each other with paternal. So if you imagine this in a human cell, there would be 23 darker blue ones and there would be 23 lighter blue ones all lined up together, paired next Mm -hmm. to each other. And during metaphase, they will pair up all the way down the equator along the middle. Now, the way that they line up and what happens when they are lined up is something we're going to talk about in our next episode. So there are two processes that we need to discuss next episode. One is called crossing over and the other is called independent assortment or independent segregation. And we're going to talk about those next episode. I'm not going to talk about them now. So anyway, they're going to be lined up next to each other and the spindle fibres are going to start to form and they're going to start joining to the centromeres. During anaphase one, we are separating the homologous pairs from each other. Now, if you think back to mitosis, the individual chromosomes were lined up down the equator on their own and then they were pulled apart. With this, we're separating the maternal and the paternal homologous pairs. So the double structures are being pulled apart. So you end up with one from mum, one from dad, of each homologous pair in the two new cells that are formed at the end. So during telophase and cytokinesis, the cells start to cleave apart, cytoplasm starts to cleave apart, and the cell starts to separate, and you should have one from each homologous pair in each cell. It's going to enter its the second mitotic division now, where we're now going to pull apart the double structures. It's very similar again to mitosis. In both cells that we've now got, the chromosomes will start to line up again. But this time they'll be by themselves. Mm-hmm. So in metaphase 2, they're lining up. The spindle fibres are coming and attaching to the centromere. In anaphase 2, this time the double structures are now going to be separated. So the centromeres are going to be split and the chromatids are going to be pulled to opposite poles of the cell. Now, in this diagram, that results in four cells that all contain one chromosome. So four cells all containing one chromosome. So the cell at the beginning had two in it. Yeah. And each cell now at the end has one chromosome in. Mm -hmm. So we've halved the chromosome number and produced four haploid cells. For us, as human beings we would start with 46 chromosomes in the beginning cell and four cells at the end, all containing 23 chromosomes. And every single one of those haploid cells will be genetically different from the other, from another. They will not contain the same chromosomes because even though two of them potentially could, there's been a few processes taking place which make sure that actually they're going to be completely unique. Genetics in it is probably going to be unique. So that is meiosis. That is all the stages of meiosis. Should we do some questions then? Yes. Okay, so question one. Not something I've talked about yet, but I would just want to see what you think. In tissues that produce gametes, which for us 
as women is, is our ovaries, and for men it's testes. There is a greater proportion of cells undergoing meiosis in male tissue than in female tissues. Suggest one advantage of this. Females already have all their eggs. But they still have to finish meiosis. Let me be more specific for you. How many eggs, on average, do women produce every month or release every month? One. How many sperm cells does a man release every time they have sex? A million. Exactly. They produce a greater number of gametes than women. That's why they have a greater amount of cells undergoing meiosis than women. So, question two. Identify the type and stage of cell division shown in the diagram and give evidence from the diagram to support your answer. So there is a diagram related to this question. I'm going to see if Sarah can name the phase of meiosis that is taking place and why it is that that particular stage. What phase is it where chromosomes get pulled or separated? Anaphase. Anaphase. Is this first anaphase? I think or it's second. First. It's first ah. anaphase. So it's anaphase one. Why is it anaphase one? Because there's f- two on each yeah. leg? Yeah, because they're still double structures. Yeah. Yeah? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah? They're still double structures. So we know it's anaphase because... They're being pulled apart. They're being pulled apart. So they're moving away. They're being moved to opposite poles. But they're still double structures. So it must still be the first meiotic yeah. division. Because in the second mitotic division, there's only one leg. There's only one arm. Question three, two marks. During meiosis, one chromosome from each homologous pair goes to each of the cells produced. Explain why this is important. Is it so that all of the genetics is different? One of the reasons is for genetic variation. Yes, yes. but we haven't really talked about that yet. But yes, but what are we also trying to do in meiosis? In terms of chromosome numbers. Half. We're trying to half, okay? So that ensures that we halve the chromosome number. But at the same time, each cell that's produced has at least one copy of the chromosome. Because it wouldn't be a human if it didn't have at least one chromosome from each pair. It needs a copy of chromosome 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 and 5 all the way to 23. Each cell gets at least one of the chromosomes, or it should get one of the chromosomes, but it's also halving the chromosome number. We're trying to keep a constant number of chromosomes, because if we halve it, then during fertilisation, it restores to 46. So one mark for saying to get haploid cells or to halve the chromosome number. One mark for saying so that each cell gets one copy of each chromosome. One mark for saying so that fertilisation produces the diploid or a constant number of chromosomes. Otherwise, it could get really ridiculous. Shall I do the roundup? Mm-hmm. Okay. Meiosis is a type of cell division that takes place in reproductive organs and involves one diploid cell dividing over two nuclear divisions to become four haploid cells called gametes. This means the chromosome number halves, which is important for keeping the chromosome number constant, and two gametes can fuse in fertilisation to form one diploid embryo containing genetic information from two parents. Before meiosis starts at interphase, the DNA replicates so there are two copies. At prophase 1, this forms chromosomes made up of two genetically identical sister chromatids joined by a centromere, which condense and become visible. 
During metaphase 1, the chromosomes arrange themselves as homologous pairs at the equator, and the spindle fibres join at the centromeres. The homologous chromosomes are separated during anaphase 1, and the cell splits into two during telophase, each containing one of each of the homologous pairs. During the second division, the pairs of sister chromatids that make up each chromosome are separated. Four haploid cells that are genetically different from each other are produced. Okay, got any takeaways? Mitosis. <laughs> Meiosis. <laughs> Meiosis has two phases. Two, two phases, yeah, two divisions, yeah. Um, two division phases. Mitosis is replicating at 46 chromosomes. This is just doing 23. Yeah, well done. And it makes four cells at the end. Well done. Four granddaughter cells. Yeah, good. Well done. No, that's really good. Right, so the wider reading for May. I'm going for something a bit bit different this time. It's not a book. It's not a podcast. It's a blog. A CD. A DAO 21. (laughs) It's a blog. Months and months ago, months and months ago, we got a follower on Twitter called Genetics for Humans. And I thought it was really interesting. And I looked at the blog and I thought this could be useful to us. Okay, but there was only on the blog site, there was only about two or three blogs. So I thought, well, we'll see how this develops. And there's now maybe about 10 articles on there. And they are all relevant and all very interesting. Okay, and I think very, very good. What they've done, they've taken genetic research and they've talked about it in just plain English for anyone to understand. What could be quite complicated language actually is being explained in very quite interesting ways, but for anybody to understand it doesn't necessarily have to have studied biology or science. And I think is really good because there are definite aspects of wider reading for genetics in there. Not for other subject areas. I mean, there's there's lots and lots of discussion on chromosomes. There's lots of discussion about evolution. There's lots of discussion about genes. Mendel, who is a figure of importance in genetics, Gregor Mendel, biodiversity, and there's even a little article about mRNA vaccines. There are definite links to the spec for A-level biology in terms of genetics. This is what I'm going to recommend that maybe listeners, if they want some different wider reading options other than books and podcasts and things like that maybe have a look at this blog pick out a couple of the articles that you think looks interesting have a read of them see what you think see what the links are to your spec you've then got some context to what you've been studying look up at genetics for humans on twitter and then there is a link for his blog on there if you'd like to contact us you can go to teachmescience.co.uk you can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com you can tweet at us at, at teachmebiocast and you can find us on Instagram at, at teachmebiologycast. Yeah, get in touch if you want to let us know that you're listening, who you are, what you're doing, why you're listening, any nice feedback, any revision tips, any wider reading recommendations, anything that we think might be useful to us, help us in what we're doing. Yeah, anything really. Oh, was that the bell? Yeah, that was the bell, yeah. <laughs> What are you doing for the rest of the day? Taking you home. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to watch Annabelle. You're going to watch Annabelle? Then I'm going to watch Annabelle Creation. I haven't watched... Then I'm going to watch Annabelle Comes Home. I'm trying to think. I haven't watched Annabelle for ages. I, didn't wa- I thought Annabelle was I a good watched movie. I, Anna- I think we watched Annabelle when we went to Alton Towers. Yes, we did. And we stayed we did. over in the hotel and we, we did, watched we did, it. yes.
Haven't you got like a new saying? You oh, yes, my new saying. Give a man biology, he will eat it for dinner. <laughs> Teach a man biology, he is a biologist. <laughs> that's a new one. Yes, that's it. That is wait, wait, wait. But, uh, but our podcast isn't called Teach a Man Biology. Well, maybe it should have been. <laughs> Teach me biology, he has it for dinner. No. Or does it make any Give sense? me biology, I'll have it for dinner. Teach, Teach me, me biology. biology. I'm a biologist. I'm a biologist. Yeah. You might be onto something there. I think I've got it. I think it. it still needs work, though. Um, <laughs> this has been Teach Me Biology. Enjoy your is, dinner. I hope you enjoy your dinner. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye.